0: Hey, this is Carrie Dornetto, and you are watching the TV Writer's Podcast.
1: Hosted by Gray Jones, the TV Writer Podcast is brought to you by Script Magazine and ScriptMag.com, the leading source for script writing information in print and on the web. And by Final Draft Scriptwriting Software, the entertainment industry standard for script writing worldwide. My name's Greg Jones and I want to welcome you to the TV Writer Podcast, partner of Script Magazine, episode 25 for Monday, June 20th, 2011. Wow, we're at a quarter century, 25 episodes, that's pretty cool. And to celebrate, we have an interview today with TV Writer Producer, Carrie Dornetto. She is currently writing for Portlandia and she's also been a writer-producer on Community, The Life and Times of Tim, Dog Bites Man, The G. Jamie Kennedy Experiment, South Park, and lots, lots more. You're going to love hearing her stories about all different kinds of comedy writing from different hybrids, sketch shows, traditional sitcoms, and more. Um, So it's going to be very, very exciting, and I want to get right to it. But before I do, a few of our regular news announcements. And one of them is that if you are not Taking part in the TV Writer Chat on Sunday nights, you are missing out. We have lots and lots of fun. Um, we often have special guests, and you can connect with people like Chad Gervich was on this last week. And uh, and we have topics that are very exciting to talk about with other writers and wannabe writers. And so to take part in that, just go on Twitter on Sunday nights, and that is at uh, 9.30 p.m. Eastern, p.m. Pacific, and whatever other time zone you are, you can figure that out. Um, You can just use the hashtag TVWriterChat, or you can go to TVWriterChat.com, and uh, there's a link in the How to Chat um, page on how to get to a chat room where you don't have to type that hashtag every time, and it really saves a lot of work in being part of that chat. And also at the TVWriterChat site, there's a list of topics that are coming up. So it's a very, very cool thing that you can do to interact and network and learn about TV writing. And also make sure you do go to tvwriterpodcast.com. Like I said, this is episode 25 and we've had a lot of great interviews with a lot of different types of writers. And uh, and so check them out. Check out the ones that have come before because they're all very current. Um, as you know from watching these podcasts it's not about a specific show it's about the path of the writer through the industry and so even a show that's not in the air anymore sadly like v and and human target you can learn a lot from the writers that have um taken part in the podcast so i urge you to do that and also while you're there take a gander at the tv writer twitter database which is over 700 writers their twitter addresses and a helpful link at the top that you can or two links actually now that you can follow the list in one go. And so there's more instructions on that site. Make sure you take advantage of that resource. So without further ado, oh, actually, sorry. Forgot to mention the homework that's on the table elephant bucks by sheldon bull i got to meet him at the toronto screenwriting conference this spring and sheldon is an amazing amazing teacher and his book is an excellent book all about comedy and uh, you know i didn't plan it this way but it seems like i'm talking to a lot of comedy writers uh, in the last few weeks and so hey great resource um very very helpful on the subject of writing comedy. So uh, you can find that at TVWriterPodcast.com, go to the store link, and it's very inexpensive. There's lots of other books that you can check out there. Uh, I think if you order $25 or more, you get free shipping. So hey, stock up. And it's a great way to help support the podcast. But now, without further ado, let's go to my interview with Carrie Dornetto. Enjoy. This is Gray Jones, and I'm here with Carrie Dornetto. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing great. How are you?
1: I'm doing very, very well. And you have done a number of cool shows. Um, most recently, you're in Portland, working on Portlandia. Um, but I want to know what happened up to that point. And I'm sure there are a lot of people that, are, that will be very excited to hear your story and how you got started and how you got onto so many cool shows. So um, if you don't mind, we could take it right back. Where, where did you grow up?
0: I am a, first of all, thanks. Mm-hmm. I um I grew up in uh, in Charleston, South Carolina
2: mm-hmm. on a
0: military campus, the Citadel. My dad was a professor and then my twelve years of Catholic school, mom's the next nun. So like a very sort of strict background but my parents uh-huh. cool. But um that's where I grew up and then I ended up going to college in the south and eventually like moving New York, and my, I can get into that story later if that's a question. Mm-hmm. I think your, you, your only question was where you from, there we go,
1: Charles. <laughs> cool, so, well, so you got to New York, and was that for school? No,
0: I, well, I, I mean, I guess I could say sorry, my path into comedy. hmm Well, I went um, to the University of South Carolina, and I was a finance major. Because my dad was like, there's no, there's no way in hell you're going to be a drama major or do anything like that.
2: Because uh-huh.
0: I was always interested in that. So I was like, fine, whatever, I'll do that. And then I eventually, I got a job in finance right out of college. And I was working on a training floor, bond training floor. And I lived in Charlotte, North Carolina for two and a half years. And all I did was like in my spare time was like write and then try to like audition for stuff. Because I still was kind of like not sure. I was not quite brave enough to do stand-up. And then finally... I, there is a sketch comedy group there that like had li- had live shows every, every week. And so I auditioned for that. I got them in the group. It was called The Perch.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, they're still there and they're great. And we like wrote and performed like four live shows a weekend. So I did that for a while. And, and that was like, oh, this is what I want to do. For, like, definitely want to do this. So hmm. then I ended up moving to New York through my company, Bank of America Securities.
1: So you're still doing finance at that point?
0: Yeah, I did finance for right out of college for five years and did comedy at night Mm -hmm. so like that was my day job it was actually a great day job to have because it was not a take-home day job whatsoever it's like you're done you don't think about it so Mm. in all my spare time i was just writing and performing and then eventually at some point i decided i was like i i think writing is what i want to do like i like performing but i want to write and because i would written some stuff for like some online like online but scenes or whatever my friends were doing and so uh and people liked it. So I ended up going out to LA for a visit and meeting up with some like agents there and stuff and just being like, Oh, how do you become a comedy writer? And like the long, long story short is that I met this guy who was like, Oh yeah, I, you know, South Park is looking for a writer, female writer, and can I read some of your stuff? Blah, blah, blah. I gave it to him, he liked it, they liked it, and I ended up moving out to LA. And getting a job in South Park.
1: Wow! So that was your first gig.
0: My very first gig, and it was—it was, it was just—it was a crazy connection to an agent that I had that specifically liked what I gave him. It was just everything fell in line, and I know it's like it's such a crazy story that happened because I wasn't even—I was really meeting with him just to be like, hey. I want to be a comedy writer. What do I do? And he was like, well, here's mm-hmm. here. You need to write specs. Uh, he just told me what, it, what I what you do. Mm-hmm. And then he just was like, but it, I would be, you know, you do stand up, I'll take a look like your stuff. I'm sure he wasn't really expecting, I don't know, but it was very nice of him to do that. And he, He's been my agent and he, but yeah, that's, that's how it happened for me.
2: <laughs> wow. So it was a crazy
0: story. Yeah. So I ended up moving out to LA in like, it was like 2003 when I moved out here and then I just stayed. And, yeah, so that was, like, my start.
1: Wow, wow. So so tell me, I mean, maybe we can slow it down just a little bit because I know there's there's billions of people out there who are going to listen to this, and, and they're shaking their fists at you because they've <laughs> been trying for years and they haven't gotten a lucky break like that. Um, and so what had you written by that point? Like, what did you give him as, as writing samples?
0: Some of the stuff that i given him were um, personal essays. I had, like, five different personal essays, just, like, stuff about my childhood and just, funny stuff I've written and then mm-hmm. another thing I gave him was like this series of like weird really really short stories a lot actually a lot of the stuff is on my website mm-hmm. a lot of the
1: things oh it might as well tell me what uh, where's your
0: website uh dot com. Great. So, uh, some, the stories and some of the stuff on there, and, uh, and the other thing, uh, it, uh, but there was a bunch of sketches I'd written too, but none of that's not on there, but I'd written some sketches, and stuff I'd written for the perch, mm-hmm. and then the other thing was I had these, like, drawings, it's really weird, called, like, 101 Ways to Shave Your Ass, or these, like, <laughs> I drew these, it, it's weird, also I have a website for that, but I don't want to be, like, plugging everything, in <laughs> my you know, my regular website, if you feel, like, so inclined to, like, peruse all that stuff is on there but
2: uh-huh. yeah
0: so it was like it was a lot of weird stuff that was kind of a collection of things i was interested in and the specific story that he really liked was that basketball diaries
2: mm-hmm. that
0: was the one that he he, he really took to so uh-huh. it, it was like it was sent around and stuff so you know i mean i honestly think that it, it's it's it, he really likes my my writing and and so it's mm-hmm. it's really about someone reading you and and getting your point of view and uh, I just so happened that he got mine and uh, very lucky for me for me that it that yeah that it happened that way
2: yeah
0: I mean there's so many different ways people get get into it and I, I people ask me all the time and I really I hate telling people people how it happened because I feel like it just seems so easy but you know I was like doing stand-up at night in New York and we're going training for but doing other, like, working, like, for five years, doing stuff, like, just wanting to, like, get that break, and then it did happen, so. But it is kind of those stories where I feel like that's actual, I'm like, yeah, I just, just got a meeting and then, God, I got a job, you know, it sort of sounds like, yeah.
1: I do think the detail of it, slowing it down like that, is it. is it isn't just, you know, guy off the boat meets an agent and, and boom, gets a job, because obviously you had a pretty wide body of material at that point that showed your comedic voice, showed your potential, not just in one area. Um, And so it it wasn't like that you just met him cold.
0: No, no. I mean, I I did have stuff to give him and and I had been doing stand-up for a while in New York and like I had my own like little show in Chinatown and I was like, you know, there's so I did, yeah. I did have, I did. I mean, that is the one most important thing. Is generating some volume of work to show people, and and once you get that opportunity, that like that to be like, hey, check the, here, here. You know, you have something to get somebody. Mm. So that that is that is important for sure. And so, if I if that would have happened like a few years earlier, I would I wouldn't have had anything. You know, so so yeah, for sure, you need someone, and if you have it ready, then. And all the stars
1: along <laughs> the You know. Very cool. So, so you, um, you were just finding out how to be a comedy writer and you walked into the room of South Park. So, what was that like?
0: It was intense and it was crazy because I was such a, you know, I mean, I, I was sort of a little in awe that I was there. So, it was. A, it took me a while to even kind of check in with myself and be like, I can't believe this is happening. But it was, it was cool. They're great. They're, both geniuses, and it was it was an amazing experience. It was great too as a first writing job because they do write everything, and they really use the room as a bouncing board, and mm-hmm. that's kind of what I did. So as far as for someone coming in and not having done it before, and also for like a stand-up who you know isn't generally used to like breaking stories and like it's a different it's a different you know jokes is different it's a lot different than stories. So it was a good learning experience for me I mean every room I've been in you know is different and it's always like great to learn different types of shows and uh, so so for our first job it was great because it was just being in a room and like sort of absorbing as much as I could and hopefully getting stuff in if I could so it was great.
1: Mm -hmm. Very very cool and you were on South Park for two years was it?
0: No it was just one season. Just one season? One season Mm -hmm. on South Park yeah.
1: And then came um, was it right from there to Jamie Kennedy Experiment?
0: Yeah, I had, yeah, right from there I um, wrote on Jamie Kennedy and that job was pretty much a sketch show, I would say, with mm. real people. So for that show, getting that job, I, I actually just went in and pitched some ideas and then they liked my ideas and hired me off of the
1: bat. Interesting.
0: Yeah, that's the first time I've done it that way. Mm. That's the first time I've ever gone in to like and just been like, had to pitch and they liked it. So that was how that that show went.
1: Mm-hmm. Is now is is that something you've done since, or was that just that one time?
0: Specifically to get a job, I don't, don't think I've done that before. I mean, mm-hmm. usually, like at that point, like I was I was writing specs. Mm-hmm. That was like for, for South Park. I didn't they ha- they like find the, my original material mm-hmm. and they didn't need like a spec sample, like you know, of an existing show, and they did they, they didn't that's not something they they needed. For Jamie Kennedy, same thing. If it was a sketch show. I had like other stuff that they could look at. They didn't need like a half hour office or whatever, just throwing out a show. But mm-hmm. so that's how that worked. And then in the meantime, I was writing specs. And then I got on Jamie Kennedy and that I didn't write a spec for to get on the show. Mm-hmm. I mean, most, most most shows you just, they read your samples. Yeah. Like they read an, orig- they read an original.
1: Mm. So now you've been you've been in LA for two or three years by this point.
0: No, I no, actually I only, I only been, like maybe like a year. Like oh, a like year. a year! Wow.
1: Like a year, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: The, the jobs are fast. These jobs are really quick.
1: Yeah, but uh, but you must have had a chance by this point to get a flavor of comedy writing and and you were uh, getting to know people in this. Were were you thinking at that point that you wanted to get more onto? Structured shows? Are we just happy where you you were, or because it does look like after that you started moving towards um, more structured sitcoms? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean that was like always kind of my like my goal. I mean, I, you know, it's not my goal. I, as I worked on these shows, I'm like, oh, I I get interested in different shows, and they're like, oh, I'd be cool to work on that show, and because I was writing specs and like watching a lot more like you know half hour stuff, I was like, oh, I think it'd be cool. Like I like you know, telling like stories and more character driven stuff and but really for me it's if it's show is funny I, I get exci- and I can get excited about it, I, I'll I would like to write on it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: That's what excites me more, but I do generally like telling like more character based like story stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I also like absurd sketches you know, I kinda all over the map. Like I've I've kind of done all sorts of different things. So it just really depends on the show and if it's the right fit for sort of my flimpy humor. Mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't super conscious. It was more like, you know, I think I want to try this and see see how I like it. Because I'd done animation. I did South Park, and then Jamie Kennedy was more sketch. And I was like, but it was really just me sort of feeling it all out.
1: Mm. So after Jamie Kennedy, according to IMDb, which often has holes, uh, you did a few different things. You've got a friend... Um, mm-hmm. Arrested Development. You was that a freelance script for for them, or were you on staff?
0: No, no, no. Yeah, no. I worked on the third season of Arrested Development. I worked. I guess we went to order in order. So from Jamie Kennedy, I worked on this other sort of like hybrid reality. It's was, it was kind of like a punk stretch show. So I did that mm-hmm. for a season, and then I worked on another animated show for a little bit um, on MTV Two mm-hmm. called Chico and Guapo. I don't know if that's on there, and then. And then I got on Arrested Development and that was that was my first half hour live action sitcom that I ever worked on.
1: Mm-hmm. So so you were a staff writer on season three? Season three, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that
0: was that was amazing. I was super pumped about that and uh just because I was a huge fan of the show and it was that was like my real like my what was my first like network well, I didn't any of a network show, but my first network half hour single camp show and so it was whole, kind of a whole different world. Uh, a really intense room and super fun and like just a, a big learning <laughs> learning curve but very 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 cool hmm. so I that was my I thought was the first episode of yeah half hour episode I wrote
1: hmm. is, uh, so. very very cool and and so um, tell me tell me a little bit more about the room in terms of how an episode was structured on on that show because um, I, I know with multi-camera it's very different than single camera
0: Oh, as far as how the show is structured, like yeah. the like storylines or...
1: Uh, no, just just the logistics of putting together an episode.
0: Oh, putting together an episode. Um, yeah, I mean, usually, you know, we would, like, in the beginning of the, of the season, it would start out with just sort of going around the table and just pitching out ideas and just anything, and then and then sort of map out, like, if there were any sort of seasonal arcs that we wanted to do. We would figure those out, like, in general terms, and then just sort of dive into the first episode Figuring out what that was going to be, and it was all kind of done. It usually was split in two groups. one group would be working on a current episode, another people would be breaking another story, and then from there, depending on who's writing it, you know we'd, as a group, we'd figure out the beats of the story, and we'll go outline, then bring it back into the room, break that down and, and then, on the rest development, it was different. Cause, like not everybody went off and wrote drafts. a lot of things were written in the room. Mm-hmm. that was a lot different than like how it would work on community mm-hmm. so there's a lot more like full group written stuff mm-hmm. or like also really group rewritten but in general it would be like if it were if you were in, like when I went off to write my draft I had like go out on the outline get notes on the outline write the draft the draft goes back in the room it's rewritten with everybody or a small group and especially Mitch would have like his show so that's sort of the process of that
1: very very cool yeah and so and by this point you've still only been in LA like what three years
0: um at that point that was like 2004 so yeah that was and 2002 is when I moved to LA so wow or was it 2005 <laughs> I think yeah I can't remember it was yeah it's been a few years like three, two, two two or three years
1: wow wow so so you had a busy busy time from when you got there
0: Yes, I did. I did. It was It's sort of like still a whirlwind. I'm always like, wait, when, when did that happen? <laughs> yeah.
1: Very cool. And so after Arrested Development, um, was it Dog Bites Man after that?
0: Oh, did I do that after that? I can't remember now. Yeah, <laughs> I think I did. Yeah. If I were, Yeah, I did. After that, I worked on Dog Bites Man, which was a super cool show on Comedy Central. Mm-hmm. Matt Walsh and 80 Miles, Andrea Savage, and, of course, Zach... Mm-hmm. So, it was very much in the vein of Forat-ish things, because it was half scripted, half, well I guess Forat wasn't scripted, Well, maybe it was. Uh, yeah, it was, well, there was half scripted. Well the guy, the guy, one of the, one of the writers on Forat was the EP, Dan Mazer on Dog by Dan, it was, and so anyway, it was, uh, they were a news team, and it was half scripted, and half improv with real people, and so that was, that was another sort of, hybrid, but there was a lot more writing, like full-on writing done than I would say from the other sort of hybrid reality shows I worked on. So we, did, mm-hmm. we would film, we would film whole scenes, and then we'd have like just like a million jokes of things that could go, could happen in, in the scenes. So it was that, that, that was a, a little bit of an interesting, it's always, it's always hard to write when you're dealing with real people, because you just kind of have to guess like the scenario of what they might do
2: mm-hmm.
0: in this situation, so... But then, of course, you know, you've got these amazing improphers, so they, <laughs> so they, you know, they had to deal with people. But, yeah, that was fun. It was, a, it was a lot of also, like, writing stories, figuring out, coming up with, like, what the stories were. So it was, it was similar, but just a lot less, like, actual scripted writing.
1: Mm-hmm. Would you say that was similar a little bit to your experience on Jamie Kennedy?
0: Yeah, I would say so. I mean, it, there was no, like... No one would know usually, like until late, until like the filming was completely finished, and we were like, in that it was wasn't a real thing. There was like no like prank. It was more like they tried to keep it real and like not let people know
2: mm-hmm. what was
0: happening because they were playing a news crew, so you could they could be filmed as a real news team.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But yeah, the the scenarios would be similar, but the show was more was, was more structured like a half hour, whereas Jamie Kennedy was just actual sketches. This mm. Each episode had had storylines in them. So it was a, you know, a half-hour narrative going on, but it was with real people in there. Mm. So, like, each story had a... Each episode had a beginning, middle, and end with, like, things going on with the characters and, like, little emotional tiny arcs and things like that, whereas Jamie Kennedy was just real sketch... It was just sketches mm. with real people. Mm. Whereas this was... I think it was... I think, honestly, it... In my opinion, like it, it was, it was a little confusing because not like that type of show hadn't really been done yet, and so I think it was the viewer. They're like, "Wait, is this really real people?" And it was a little
1: <laughs> maybe a bit of ahead of its time.
0: Maybe I mean I do I I don't I don't I don't want to like go out and say that, but I I definitely think it was doing yeah. And they ended up putting like a disclaimer, I think after the first episode in front of it. Saying, explaining it a little bit, and I always thought that was kind of like Maybe not in the time that you had to explain stuff to people, but
1: uh... <laughs> This is not a real news crew
0: Right, right, because I think, I think it, people didn't realize what was what you know That's an added element of what's going on there.
1: Hmm. Well, I must say it's it's neat that you were able to work in so many different types of shows and I mean I really I, I don't want to say cutting edge or, or anything like that, but but like you know new ideas like Jamie Kennedy. I remember when J- Jamie Kennedy came on the air and and it was a very new thing at the time. And then after that, there were a whole bunch of other similar shows that came. But um, but I remember it, it being very fresh. And it sounds like Dog Bites Man was was very very much the same. That it was a, a, experimenting with a different kind of a hybrid. Um, and then you you got to do animation. You got to do more traditional scripted stuff. So. Um again sort of at 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 that point now, oh and also were you still doing stand up at that time
0: yeah i was doing I was doing it a little bit it it got a little a little bit harder to do when I was working on Arrested development because the just the timing and uh the hours it was it was really <laughs> difficult to really do anything at night, and on the weekends I just wanted to like pack out if I wasn't working, so you know I'd still do it off and on
2: mm-hmm.
0: but it's it's a, it's a muscle that like. When you don't, when you, when you don't get on stage in a long time, when I'm not doing it a lot, it's like to get back up there is really exciting. Also, like I feel like I might, like the day before I go up, I might die. So I'm just like, <laughs> oh, I can't do this. Really hard. Yeah. And then after I do that, I'm like really excited. I'm like, I don't want to keep doing this. But yeah. so, so I, I, I mean, I've even been thinking about doing it recently. But I'm. I go, I, I, luckily I have, I have some local shows in LA that sometimes, I do that sometimes I'll get up on, but I haven't done it in a while, but I still like to do, um, I've written and like, been in a bunch of shorts, mm-hmm. so I do that in my spare time too, like, I'll act in and write and shoot stuff, and that's a little bit easier than actually getting on stage,
2: mm-hmm.
0: if I really need to get my, like, performing out, yeah. if I, if I'm feeling the urge. So yeah, I guess to answer your question in a giant roundabout way, I, I was doing it every once in a while. I was doing it a little. I was doing it probably more than I am now. Back mm. then, like in, like a few years ago. Yeah. It just depended on the show, like whether I had like time or not.
1: Hmm. So we're we're gonna jump ahead a little bit. Uh, I don't wanna I don't wanna do sh- uh, give short shrift to the things you did in the middle, but um, getting more current towards uh, Life and Times of Tim, Community. Um, uh, t- tell me a little bit about getting on i i I know community is just this huge huge show now um, but you were you on from the very beginning
0: on community, I came in on episode i think it was episode twelve of season one so mm. so episode like thirteen until the end of the second season, so about a little more than half of season one and then all of season two mm.
1: so so you'd already had a chance to. To, to see, um, a little bit of it. Uh, but... I've
0: seen a little bit. I mean, I, I honestly, like, I was working on, um, Life in Hunts of Tim when I jumped, I jumped from Life in Hunts of Tim to Community. And I, I remember reading the pilot and seeing the pilot and being really excited about it. And when I found out, and I hadn't really, but I, and when I found out that there was a job opening, I was like super excited. Cause I'd also, uh, been a fan of Dan from, Channel 101 and uh Sarah Silverman's show, because I met with him before, like, at some point, and about that show, so I was, like, really, really excited to work with him and work on that show, and so it just happened that they had some spots open, and so, yeah, I, I was very excited about it, you know, coming in at that time, it was, like, the show just sort of got, like, I, I remember watching, like, I think it was the Christmas episode and the, Hall- the Halloween episode last, mm-hmm. in the first season, and, and those were like the episodes. I was like, yeah, this show's really special, and I was very excited to work on it. So it was very cool and, and getting on there and, and having to jump right in and get caught up <laughs> on, like, what, what everything, everything that was going on.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, Community, you were telling me a little bit before the podcast, it was a pretty busy schedule. Um, tell me a little bit about the process for an episode for that show, and maybe how it compared to um, something like Arrested Development.
0: It was pretty similar, I would say, to Arrested Development, although, let's see, I guess i was take this from the beginning, I mean, you know, we when I first started, I came in kind of in the middle, so I basically came in right away and ended up pitching some ideas, and they liked one of them, and so that was just kind of like, okay, let's do that, and then as a small group broke, you know, basically we broke the story and figured out what it was going to be and then went off on outline, got notes on my outline and then went off on script and then came back, you know, went off on draft, come back with the draft, get notes and then do a rewrite with his group and then, you know, and when I say get notes, like you're getting notes, you get notes usually from the writers first and then and then Dan would come in and he would give, give notes and we'd fix it from there and like, there's a lot of like tweaks and stuff and then it's like, and then after that, as a group, as a small group, you, you'll you rewrite it, and then Dan would take a pass at it. That's how it went first season. Mm-hmm. Dan would do his own pass on the script. It was a little different second season.
1: Yeah, and second season was a larger staff.
0: Just just a little bit, just a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think we just had one more yeah. addition, but, but, but second season was different. Same thing, but then instead of Dan taking his own pass at the script, we would do it as a smaller group, so like the final rewrite would be if it was your episode, okay, it would be you, Dan, and like maybe one other writer. Mm-hmm. And, um, which is nice because then it's your, it's the smaller the group in life, like it is, and the more ownership you have over your draft. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and depending on like how the script goes, like, you know, some, some, some stories are tighter than others and there's not. Much changes. I mean, when things have to be changed structurally, like, it ends up just getting rewritten a lot more than, like, if, if everything structurally stays the same. Like, I would say, I wrote the Halloween episode in season two, and we spent a really long time figuring that story out. It was, it was like, the, it was a zombie episode. Mm-hmm. So, it was, it got really complicated, and we looked at, like, all sorts of, like, weird scenarios of what the story would be, and we ended up just making it really simple, and then once that was figured out, and which took like a, mu- it took a really long time, like a month, I would say, to figure that story out. Like breaking it and writing outlines, and like, being you know, like that's not working. I mean, it, it took a while. And but once you did figure it out, and I went off the draft, when it came back, then it was really easy to rewrite it and change stuff. So that rewrite was like really simple, I would say. Mm-hmm. Whereas if there's like big story problems, I mean, it, 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 it's it's funny because like sometimes you don't have, sometimes you know. I mean, you can go off writing a draft. And you're like, I know this isn't working, and so there's going to be some things that need to be changed later, and that's that's hard, too. And sometimes just as it gets later in the season, the time that you have to break a story, sometimes you don't have as much time. Mm. So in that sense, sometimes it, things aren't figured out until you start writing it, and you're like, oh, you know what, this, this is not going to work. And you can try to fix it, but then it just, you know, as a group later, and you end up having to re-break a, an entire storyline, then it's you know, you're that's when you're like working for like four in the morning or you know. Mm. <laughs> so that happens, that just happens and sometimes it happens and sometimes it doesn't. It just depends.
1: Yeah. So speaking about four in the morning, um you were you were mentioning that uh the pace of community was something that uh was um a bit hard for the long haul. Um and so you decided to take a gig on Portlandia.
0: Yes. Which I'm very excited about, yeah.
1: Yeah, so so tell me about this move, which actually was a move um, getting yeah. you out of L.A. and to Portland, Oregon, of all places. Yeah,
0: I'm I'm in Portland
1: right now. So. Yeah, so 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 tell me about that move. I mean, the I mean, a lot of people that watch the podcast are, are sort of at the beginning end of things, and everybody's saying move to L.A. because that's where the action is, that's where you where things happen. Um, and now you are well out of L.A. So so, what's it like?
0: Oh, I mean, you know, I I'm not going to be here that long. That's that's. I mean, most a lot of the Fred is on SNL in New York, and Carrie is from Portland, but she travels a lot too. And Jonathan Crystal, who's a director, also a writer, is from LA. So a lot of the people involved. I mean, a lot of there's a ton of local people involved as well in the production, but the writer the writers are mostly from LA. Mm-hmm. So it's not a permanent move, but it's a really fun move for a while because it's a really great city. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I just, as far as, as far as like deciding to work on the show, I was a huge fan of it when it came out and I just thought it was so unique and refreshing and like just sort of spot on about, about a lot of the places I've lived and mm. I've lived in Brooklyn and I live in Silver Lake and it was just such a fresh show. I was super excited and yeah, so here I am. Um, and it was also fun because I hadn't worked on a sketch show. Did, i did, America didn't really the first Full-on sketcher that I've ever worked on, mm. and sketch is what I started do Started out doing so, it's um, and it's something I really love, and I've always been a huge fan of SNL, and, and, and as, a, as I feel like most people my age growing up watched it, and well, everyone's watching it, or knows about it, and so it was. It was. It wasn't that big of a decision to make other than, you know, deciding whether or not to go back on community. And for me, I just wanted to try something different. And since I was such a fan of the show, it was like, and very excited to go to Portland. <laughs> yeah. I decided to do it. Yeah. And luckily they wanted to have me. So, so here I am.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and and do you find, do you find the change of scenery is helpful for your writing?
0: I mean, being in Portland is definitely helpful since the show is so is about Portland or about a lot of the people in Portland. So yeah, I definitely think being here. I mean, the first two weeks we did writing in LA, and um, that was a lot of the bulk of like my first, like the chunk of my ideas that I threw out there. I'd already, I'd done it in LA, but now living here, it's like getting used to like the actual like Portland culture and and uh, the people and and just getting to explore it. You know, ideas sort of pop in your head, and just and writing it, you mean, yeah, you have to be here. Yeah, it is inspiring in that sense that, you know, you want to be in the place that you're writing about if you can. Mm. It's like research slash inspiration.
1: Yeah. So now we're getting towards the end, and what we always do at the end is tips for breaking in. And now you have been involved in so many different types of shows now um, in, in the comedy sort of realm um, maybe you could even speak to a, f- a couple of different things, like getting getting onto a sketch show or getting like. Do you uh, le- let me ask this? A lot of people say that if you want to get a job in comedy, that you got to do stand up. Do you think that's true?
0: No, I don't think so. I really don't. I mean, I I I think if you, I I wouldn't recommend it unless you really love it because it's, mm-hmm. it's such a hard career choice but if you feel so inclined to get on stage and be brutalized I, I say go for it but I do I mean I, I think any way that you can hone a point of view is, is your, your best ticket but I, 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 now that there's so many different ways to be seen and get, get and, you know get your writing for the public I mean I mean, I know people who like have Twitter accounts and have like a like have a following and like people know who they are just through that. like
2: mm-hmm. there's
0: if you're you can do that and be funny and 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 write little like there's just so many different ways to do it. I mean, i I do know that for one of the producers, one of the showrunners uh, EPs on community had just watched some a short that I had done, and he was really he really liked it. And so it was like I have like having a You know, having a variety of things to show people, I think, is important. But I, I would say, tips would be, I mean, write what you generally are excited about. You know, that inspires you. But I I don't, I don't think there's any one, one way to do it. I mean, I mean, the the best thing about doing stand-up or doing sketch would be that you get to try things out and be on stage and perform, and and it's a way to sort of be heard in that way. Mm -hmm. But I think you can do it online as well. I guess just write. I mean, I know, you know, it's that's all I can really say and try to get people to read it (laughs) (laughs) or hear it or hear it.
1: Yeah. Very, very cool. And, and I guess for, for comedy, it's really important to do what inspires you, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, you know, the first kind of things that I I wrote about would be like my my background and my family. And then I find all that, I, to me, that's interesting. Like where people come from and like what their, their stories are. And I, I find that, you know, you don't have to go to a certain school and major in this, and you know, go to film school. I think if you if you have something to say, that's what matters, and it doesn't really matter whether you you know have this certain specific path that a lot of writers have, like, oh, I need to go to this school and I need to go to this. I, I just think if there's just many different ways to to get to that point that. There's no one specific way.
1: Mm-hmm. Very, very cool. Oh, and speaking of Twitter, um, uh, people can follow you on Twitter, at Carrie Dornetto?
0: Yes. I, I haven't been tweeting much, but except I was in a bike accident, so you can see my gross leg, but I fell. Oh, That's no. Portland thing. I'm fine. I'm fine. It's okay.
1: <laughs> okay. Cool. So, uh, well, Carrie, thank you so much for your time. Uh, it's been so fun hearing all your stories about all these different types of, of comedy shows and how you got involved. And I really appreciate you, uh, you sharing your stories with us. Oh,
0: thanks for having
1: me. Hosted by Gray Jones, the TV Writer Podcast is brought to you by Script Magazine and ScriptMag.com, the leading source for scriptwriting information in print and on the web, and by Final Draft Scriptwriting Software, the entertainment industry standard for scriptwriting worldwide.